Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. One of the things that kills me is that now that, you know, there's a free lunch program in New Jersey, and it's for everyone, even if you, you don't need help to send your child's lunch to school. So those kids are all going to grow up thinking, well, school is, lunch is free, right? And then God help the person who comes along and tries to take that away, Larry. Mm-hmm. You talk about free lunch. I mean, that, that will never, once that happens, right, but, once it's baked in there, never going to But it's important what you said. Once it's baked in there, um, 1-866-801-8255. Let me take Thaddeus from Georgia, who is a first-time caller. Uh, Thaddeus, uh, uh, thank you for holding. Go ahead. Uh, yes. I don't believe that they actually let that come out of their mouth. First and foremost, good morning, family. Good morning. Uh, I'm from New Jersey, born and raised in North New Jersey. And uh, we had free lunch, you know, in, in school. And during the summertime, we used to have to stand in line and get free lunch. And it was so degrading because people thought you were poor, uh, you couldn't afford anything, you were the scum of the earth pretty much. But my mother worked two jobs. And the most unfortunate thing is we still qualify for free lunch. That was the most disheartening thing to dig through her finances and to dig through all her information just to get free lunch. And we still was looked down upon as if we were nothing. But she was working and busting her butt every day. And it was just embarrassing that my mother worked every day, busted her butt, and people still looked at us like we were nothing and like we were poor. And now, we never people, had the idea mm-hmm. that we wanted free lunch for the rest of our lives. That just made us work harder. That made Thank us want to not even have to go through the financial diving and digging and the embarrassment of showing our of showing our finances. So we worked harder to make sure that that wasn't going to be an issue for us. Now, now, now let me let me. I, you, I I know Sherry doesn't like me to do this, but let me sh- tell you and people listening. Let me tell you. The first email I got this morning, and I'm going to call his name out, and it's the last time I'm going to call his name out, but he, but he does because he doesn't have the courage to call, but he, but he raises a, a point, and hold on, Thaddeus, he raises a point, but he doesn't have the courage to call, but I don't have a problem taking those calls. Here's what he, he, he is, Vincent Williams is his name. Now, Vincent, it's the last time I'm going to even read a, a, a email from you. I just want you to know that, so don't get ha- uh, you know, happy feet. Now, he- listen, Thaddeus, this is his first, this is his response to my discussion. Why should I be responsible for feeding someone else's kid? I never needed a free lunch. My parents made sure I was fed. Feeding someone else's kid is not my responsibility. Now, I don't have problems taking calls if that's how you feel. I didn't say I would I didn't say I would not take your call if you felt like Vincent. Now, but hold on, Thaddeus. Let me, res- let me have you and others listening 
respond to that email I just got. This first email I got. First email. Your response. My response to that is uh, then he's not a true American because the, this country was built on and built under a flag that's supposed to welcome anybody and everybody. We're supposed to help them. We're supposed to support them, those in need. And one of the biggest things that we promote here in this country is we're all a family under God and under this flag. And if you don't feel like lending a helping hand for someone who may need it, then you need to ask yourself, are you a true American? That's how I feel. I'm, can I augment this? He's not even sure. a Christian. He's not even a Christian. You are hungry, and I fed you. You are hungry, and I fed you. And so he doesn't, in essence, what he's saying, he doesn't want his, his tax dollars to be used to feed hungry children. And But you said something that he probably doesn't realize. And the calls are starting to come in because they're going to respond to him. You know, Thaddeus, what did you say? Wait a minute. My mother worked two jobs. Two jobs. And they probably, re- the reason was because they were low-income jobs and and all and all it was was just a matter of uh, a, a a hand up. Let me let me you know I, I it is it even it goes against my sense of morality, which is why I can't get the words together to to even talk to Vincent. It is it is selfish. It is unchristian. It is immoral. Who would want to see, who would have an, if you saw a child that was hungry and you live in the richest country on the planet, the richest country on the planet, and, 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 and then you would, you would not want to just cut off a piece of, of, of taxes, just, a, you know, taxes, and just feed folk. Yeah, it, this is, and, and and all the free shit that rich people get. Oh, please don't get me started. All the free stuff that that they get. Uh, uh, thank you. But what that is? But let me. But about. Let, before you say, I'm just one because I know you don't like me to to give these people air. I just want Vincent to know, that's it. You, I, if I ever, if whenever I, I'm mean, be honest with you, that, because you don't have the courage to call in. Mm-hmm. We're a talk show, so what he does, he hides behind. That's right. He hides behind his keyboard. But go ahead, but Sherry. But see, he's more comfortable. Yeah. Addressing what he sees as a shortcoming of people versus the shortcoming of corporations. How can you work two jobs? 
and still not be able to adequately provide for your family. That isn't on the person who's working the two jobs. That's on the the pay of the that of those jobs. Uh, they should be paying more. Donald, and, and, from, I'm sorry. And for yeah, go at, one, at one time for myself growing up, I did have free lunch, and now and and that was big. My mother was. Working all the time, she was a, a single parent. I mean, it it was a struggle. And um, and 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 let me ask you: Did you ha- was there a sense of stigma uh, when you were in school, and you and your brother? Uh for me, uh, a little bit of a stigma. For my brother, I don't think so. I don't think so because people understood that you know everybody was struggling, and people and children. Yeah. And children need to yeah. eat, and that was the yeah. that was the main goal. You know, they were more compassionate. They were, yeah, more, they were compassionate. more compassionate. And I have yeah. to, and I also have to say this: the people, the people like Vincent, who um ha, think that way, must have had a had the resources and the income to feed her his children. Well, that's throughout. what he said. You that's know? what he said. But he, but that was him, right? And, and not and, everybody and, has that. Uh, Donald from California, go ahead, Donald. Morning, Joe. Pleasure to talk to you again. I agree with the first caller. My mother raised seven children down in Louisiana. I was born in the 50s, mid-50s. We had to go to school, and they gave out these free lunch uh, tokens. Everybody that paid for their lunch got the red tokens. The people who who couldn't pay got green tokens. It made me feel bad. And then when I came home one day, this welfare guy was at our house going through my mother's closet, saying he knows she has somebody there with her. And she said that day that I will, you will never come here again. She worked, she went through school, got her GED, and went to college and got her nursing degree with seven children. So when they say that stuff about people who always want a free lunch, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I appreciate you. Let me talk. I appreciate you calling. 40 after the hour, one eight six six zero one eight two five five. And this sort of ties into Joe Manchin. I wonder how many families in his state of West Virginia, number one, would take advantage of training at community community colleges. Because one of the things in the human, and that's what I'm going to start calling it, there are two infrastructure bills, the 1.5 or whatever, uh, $1 trillion, $1 plus trillion dollar, Physical infrastructure, roads, bridges, highways, um, you know, uh, uh, what is it, um, broadband, all of this, that would benefit everybody, and including the rich and, and, the, and corporations, because it's their trucks that have to go over these bridges, run these roads, the rail system is not just for passengers, but freight would move quicker. The whole list goes on. So you look at Amazon, oh, federal taxes, nope. Uh, then what do you do with the, the billions of dollars that you probably, uh, if you paid your fair share in federal taxes, would pay for many of these, uh, these, many of these programs and certainly would help with the human infrastructure? <laughs> And, and uh, uh, oh, by the way, and, and as Sherry pointed out, if you paid a livable wage, then folks wouldn't have to get free lunch programs. They would, their children wouldn't have to. There would be money. There would be food. It, you know, so, t- t- you know, the, it is a lack 
of compassion. There's no other way to put it. That's why I said, I know this audience. I know, like the last caller, excuse me, my mother worked her ass off. She had seven children. Yes, we thank God for that one meal that we got at school. Now, teachers, how difficult is it to teach children who are hungry? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. How difficult is it to teach children that are hungry? Children, hey, you who are now adults, you remember those days? Do you remember how you, not only the stigma, but how you felt physically and mentally? There are programs right now that they're trying to uh, cancel where some schools, now get, I don't know if y'all saw this on the TV news show program, program I was watching yesterday. There are some schools that even allowed, oh, it was in Prince George's County, I think, here in, in the Washington, D.C. area, where they're trying to keep a program alive. Yeah, Prince George's County, where they're having meals that children can take home. That, that you know, meals that children at the end of the school day, can take home. Because when they get home, it, there's, there's not enough food. In the United States of America, hunger should not be an issue. But let's be honest, what the, what the, what's his name, Larry what? Larry Cutlow. Cutlow. Let me let me be honest with Larry Cutlow and the and the lady who anchored that program. Let me let me be honest what they're really saying. You're entitled. You, you you a sense of entitlement. You'll grow up thinking you'll always need entitlement. You'll grow up to be lazy, shiftless. That's what they're really saying. And and quite candidly, they're putting a color on it. That's really what they're saying. 45 after the, uh, after the hour. And that's like Manchin. I was reading in the book Peril. Manchin, I, I, you know, I don't want people in the country, and particularly in my state, I was reading this section of, you know, Biden was trying to, wanted, and progressives were saying, look, a check for $400 for a set period of time to help people get over during this pandemic. They lost their jobs uh, and this $400. Well, if you give them $400, the problem is they won't go to work. And this was what conservatives have been saying. They won't go to work. They won't seek because... and, And then you know what the argument is? Because... They're getting more money from this program than they are if they went to work. Well, the, the solution to that is what Joe Biden said when he got elected. Then pay people more. 1-866-801-8255. 46 after the hour. Take this 40 break. Come back and take your calls. I'm Madison. Adia from Texas. You, are you still in Houston? I'm, 
You know, I had to move to the land of the Kickapoo Nation to take care of my daddy uh, because he has oh. Alzheimer's, Mr. Madison. Oh, I've been okay. here a year. I moved now, how's it, and, and how is he? How is he doing? He's hanging in there. So, you know, it makes a difference when you have your child move in with you and take care of you. I don't put twenty oh, pounds does. on him. His symptoms have stabilized. He's sleeping good. He's off his blood pressure and cholesterol medicines. So God is good, and I've been able to work remotely the entire time I've been here. So I haven't oh, stopped seeing patients, teaching, good. or doing research. So, oh, yeah, good. so thank you, and I've been missing y'all. Yeah, we, and, you know, uh, Adia used to, you know, because she was in, in Houston and obviously in the medical field, as you can tell. And once a week, you know, she'd call in and set us straight or give us new information. But go ahead. You, 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 I'm glad we got you on. Go ahead. Mr. Madison, I was calling about uh, the, the nurses who were refusing the vaccine, and their arguments are completely disingenuous, and I'm going to tell you why. In order to work in the hospital, you have to have a hepatitis vaccine. You can't even walk in the door without one. Every year, you have to get a flu shot, and in fact, if you don't get your flu shot, a lot of institutions won't even give you your cost of living increase in pay. Third, every year, we got to be tested for TB. You get a PPD, that little bubble under your skin. So these people have been full of vaccines their entire career. So why in the world are you suddenly denying one vaccine? It makes absolutely no sense. It is completely disingenuous. And it was a hospital in Houston that was the first to make a policy decision that every single employee would be vaccinated for COVID-19. That makes sense. It is a logical, medical, rational decision. And when you, as a physician or a nurse, make a decision not to take a vaccine, you're being irrational when you've had all the other vaccines that we have to take as doctors and nurses. The second thing is, this is the first time the general public has seen the sausage being made. In other words, the United States public has seen science happen in real time. Most folks are not privy to how this is done. Physicians are. We know how science is made. We understand how data changes over time as more information comes in. Then the, the, the recommendations you had one day change it's three, three, four months later when you get more information. The general public has never seen this before, right? So it's confusing when they say, well, why does the information change every day? Well, that's how science works. The more information you have, then your recommendations adjust and adapt according to the actual data. This isn't based on your opinion, how you feel, what your mama thought. This is actual evidence, like empirical, real-time science being done. And so for those of us who are scientists, it's actually kind of sexy to watch this happen, but at the same time, it's confusing for the general public. The last statement is uh, what you said about the uh, disinformation campaign. Peter Hotez is actually at my institution. Y'all see Dr. Hotez on like CNN yeah, and PBS right, News. Right, he right. is a good person. I love him. I know him. He is a good guy. This is what he said. We had a, a grand round, which is a large hospital meeting a month ago, because the number of children getting infected with uh, COVID being admitted to our hospital was just off the chart, Mr. Madison. They were literally running out of lung, heart-lung bypass machines. People on life support, they were running out of them because there were so many kids and teenagers so deathly ill with COVID. And do you know what Dr. Hotez told us? He said that anti-vaccine disinformation campaign has been specifically targeting Black and Latinx and American Indian communities. Yep. And he gave us the data 
So when you explained that just a few minutes ago about the Russians and the disinformation, I'm so happy you brought that up because it's completely germane to my argument about about yep. the, uh, the vaccine. Yep. So when I'm meeting with patients and they're feeling a little hesitant, I just take them to the CDC vaccine website and say, read the science. Just read it for yourself, and then you can make an educated decision. Yep. And then the last point I make to them is I give the old story, preacher story that my uncle used to tell about the flood in town, and the old man didn't want to get out of the flood in town because he's going to wait on the Lord to save him. So the town was flooding. They told everybody to evacuate. And this old man said, no, nope, I'm not leaving. I'm going to ask the Lord to save me. I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to save me. So a fire truck came by and said, sir, we came to rescue you. You got to get out of town. He said, y'all, he said, this town is flooding. He said, y'all go on. Y'all go on. I'm praying to the Lord. The Lord is going to save me. I'm asking the Lord to save me. But the floodwaters kept rising. He had to get to the top of the stairs of his porch, and a boat came by. The boat said, sir, we are here to save you, sir. We're here to rescue you. These floodwaters are coming. You've got to get out of town. He said, now y'all go on. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. The Lord is going to save me. The floodwaters got so high, he had to go to the roof of his house. So then they sent a helicopter. Helicopter come by, drop down the ladder, and say, sir, you are the last person in town. You got to get out of town. These floodwaters are coming. They're here, and they're not leaving. He said, y'all go on. I'm waiting on the Lord. The man drowned and went to heaven. He said, Lord, where were you? I asked you to save me. And the good Lord said, fool, I sent you a fire truck, a boat, and a helicopter. What else did you want me to do? So your mask and your hand sanitizer is your fire truck. Your social distancing, your physical distancing is your is your uh your boat. And that vaccine sucker, that's your fi- that's your helicopter. So if you don't get on that helicopter, you don't get your vaccine, then you haven't given the last thing the Lord gave you to do to save yourself. Amen. 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 the collection plate, please. Uh, Daryl, I'm gonna ask you to edit to 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 edit that to put this in you know that that that's got to be a, a podcast too mm-hmm. I, I you know thank you I, it, you i mean you did it i mean first of all the entire conversation mm-hmm. i want to, I'm, and not just the last story i mean that just brought it home mm-hmm. but what you said as a doctor and 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 none of this can be disputed you are you hit it and you did it as like I, I think your father would probably agree with my grandfather. You put it where the goats can get it. You, I mean, just that, just, and, and Lord knows you could have went, you could have went science on us. <laughs> but you got it so everybody else can understand. Take care of your dad. We'll pray for him. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Madison. Bye, Miss Sherry. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.